So much to do, so much to do, but where to start? Where must I start? Must I start? Hmm. Ah, hello there, my friends. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention, and it appears that while I was busy doing this or that or something or other, you were here all along. My apologies, and my sincerest welcome. It's been difficult to focus since I've been able to return here to solid ground. The forest feels a little different. It feels like I don't quite remember this place. It looks as though it's changed a bit. And of course it has. Forests are meant to change. It went from green to red while I was gone. And I have gone from green to... Oh, forget it. I grow tired of describing myself with each and every one of my transformations. It is both tiresome and personal. And the thing is, I know that no matter how many times I do it, no matter how often I explain that my eyes are frightful, whatever their color, my mouth is fearsome, however bloody my teeth, my fingers are strange, however sharp their claws. You will have an unshakable vision of me in your mind. Perhaps you should just always assume that I am the same yet different, monstrous yet beautiful, ferocious yet kind, and I will assume the same of you. Because I am in a place of safety, and because the moon has been waning, I have been resting. I have been building my strength, preparing for the fact that I must soon prepare, for my little all-hallowtide is approaching. Do I mention it often enough? It is coming, and I will celebrate and honor all of the ghosts who find themselves walking my woods that night. I must soon prepare and I am not sure how. I cannot be sure, because I must wait and see what the ghosts require. I must wait and see who arrives and what they want. So now, my only job is to rest, and I find it quite difficult to do so. When you are used to defending against foes, when you are used to protecting yourself and others from them, when you are used to being on a tiny little island all by yourself. You know exactly what you must do. But to rest. It is hard. That is why you are here, I suppose. It is why I linger here. I am obsessed with this space of darkness and warmth and comfort perhaps because I have the tendency to eschew it, to fear it. I thought I was improving, but being back here, my love of quiet hasn't returned with me, I'm afraid. I shuffled my tarot cards as I must do every time, and I asked them nothing, because I felt that, perhaps, 
by rejecting the idea of controlling the narrative in whatever way I can. I might learn better how to rest, to simply fall backward into the flow. And I thought it would be nice and peaceful there. So I just said to my cards, And now? What now? Just to see what they say must come next. I drew the moon. Beautiful thing. Wise goddess. But frightful card. It means fear. Deception. Confusion. Illusion. It can be that there are enemies all about you, in disguise. Oh, fabulous. It can be that your anxieties are so great that they are clouding your judgment. Oh, fantastic. It can be darkness and difficulty, sure. But it also represents, as the moon always does, our intuition, our power, our inner guidance. So, while it points out a dark place, it also presents a way out of it. The way out is in. I must also say that, of course, it means the moon. The real one. She who flies in the sky and sees all and comforts all lost souls if they sing out to her. And tonight, perhaps not in the time that I write or say this, but perhaps in the time when you hear it, if you hear it quickly, but do not fear either way, because there is no such thing as time, and here, in this space we share now, it can be that tonight of which I speak, so do not fear. It is a new moon. I must consider what I want to cultivate with the moon as she grows, I think. I thought the card might help but the card simply pointed to her and shrugged. The thing about this card, or at least the thing I choose to believe about it, is that it is pointing out our fears, specifically our fear of what we cannot see. It is referring to a fear that we might have bred within our hearts, based on something that has already happened who knows how long ago, and gently suggests that we are applying that fear to something that hasn't happened yet. We are defeating ourselves before we've even entered the battle. And I believe I may have fallen prey to that, sure. As we all do, I think. It is something we must let go of. For example, I tried to write a story today. I tried to conjure up a spirit from within myself. A character. I wanted her to be clever and wise and young and optimistic. And I wanted her to be able to assure you and I, and everyone else here in my forest, through her story, that one needn't be afraid based on what they've experienced in the past. One needn't let that fear haunt them anymore through her confidence and extreme joy. 
She could inspire anyone to rise above and overcome and, and, and. How, how, how on earth could I possibly begin to speak of someone with that ability when I don't have access to it? I would be a hypocrite. Even worse, I would be a bad storyteller. But I need to reconcile the truth of something with myself. And perhaps you'd like to, too. And that's that Despite how much I wish and how hard I try, I am not a riddle that can one day be solved. I am not an unfinished puzzle who, if I could just find the last few pieces, would suddenly become a masterpiece. I am a book. It sounds familiar. And if I am a book, which I am, then I am full of chapters, and to rip out any of them would be to mar the story, and I do not want to be a bad storyteller. The book is unfinished, and the chapters that have already been written need not impact where the story goes, but they are there nonetheless. And because the book is a ghost story, of course it is. They might be frightening, and, when I remember them, I may shake and shiver a bit. But that's all right. As I write these words and as I record these words, the moon is still waning, and I have not released anything. I have not been doing my quiet inside work. I have been avoiding the quiet inside work because quiet and inside is full of fear, and it's easier to push it away. But I still have a few hours left, so I will use them to accept my fear. Try to, anyway. And remember where it came from. Which chapter? Maybe revisit that chapter, and realize that I'm a different kind of character now, so I don't need to follow the same path. Yet as I say it, I see a little path before my eyes. Candles, sitting on the ground, leading me down a little winding path, a glowing, warm light, a guiding light that I am grateful for for one must follow a beautiful glowing path in a forest at night, mustn't one? I don't think about it. I just follow it, even though I know that it's wrong, because the light and the warmth make the fear subside. What's this, here? A book. How lovely. It looks like a book of fairy tales. I do love fairy tales. Let's open it. What on earth? 
Whenever I open it, it plays that music. And I think I hear a voice. A familiar one. Funny. Very funny. I thought a story would be in here. Like a fairy tale about that confident, optimistic, joyful girl with all the answers. If I'm being honest, she probably would have had a red cape. But instead of listening to the advice of everyone around her, she would listen to nothing but the sound voice of her own instinct, and she would probably discover that the wolf they had all warned her about was really... Oh, never mind. I don't want to do it. It would be false. It would be a false story. We need to let it go. That story is not in this book. There is, instead, a song. All right. I'm ready. I'm listening.
Daddy gone. Foolish to think I was going to write a story about Little Red Riding Hood. Even if she ignored Granny's advice and Mommy's advice, and Daddy's advice, and the woodsman's advice. I know what would have happened. She probably would have found sympathy for the wolf. She probably would have forgiven him for wanting to destroy her. Because he was just hungry, after all. Or something. And the thing is, that's not an excuse. Hello. I knew you were here, from the smell of fire and the warmth of it. And I knew you were lighting the candles. I knew you wanted to see me again. That's what you always do when you want to be seen, isn't it? To remind me you're still here. That, too, sounds familiar. I disguised you in flame this whole time, because dealing with an element is easy. Fire is hungry, it is destructive, but oh, we love how warm it makes us feel, how safe it keeps us in the winter, how bright its light is to guide us in the darkness. I was so taken away with the warmth and the light of it all this time, that I didn't realize I was still using you to drive my story. Maybe that's why I've been putting this off for so long. Even in a brand new world, and a brand new fiction, I was still looking to you, love, to be a guiding light, to be a comfort, a support. Gentle and kind as you've been, you are still, underneath the fire, the same old you. Get rid of it. As he stands there, the flames that are spinning, sputtering wildly, those flames I know he wishes he could control but simply cannot, very slowly begin to subside. They die down, little by little, first bright red and orange, then a pale yellow, then a fading white, and now only he remains. He is the same as he ever was, inhumanly tall, inhumanly thin, mouth full of sharp teeth, shark's eyes all black. Normally he would be smiling in this form, but he is not now. He is sad. Now, my sweet, listen carefully. You might be a certain person. You might be my fear of death. You might be my distaste for civilization. I wouldn't dare tell anyone, not even myself what you mean to me. 
because, most of all, you are here because I love you. Mm, Correction. You are here because I needed something to love in my forest here. I used to fall easily in love with horrible, cruel things. So you were once. I then taught myself to fall in love with gentle and kind things. So you became, now. Do you see all these ghosts around us? I see them now. I haven't been letting myself. I've been too afraid, too nervous, too lost on the moon. But I see them now. And they look just as afraid, just as nervous, just as lost. I also see trees, their trunks burnt, their branches singed. And this many of them, so ancient and lovely, are so rare nowadays. And I recall that this place is fictional, and that this is why they thrive so. But even here, you came in, and you hurt them too, whether you intended to or not. I also see the moon, almost gone now, almost entirely new and absent from the sky, but still there. And all of us, ghosts, gentlemen stranger, me, And you, my extremely indulgent listeners. We all raise our heads and look at her. When she disappears from the sky before all of our eyes, we hear her sigh one final, echoing sigh, blowing out all of the candles, every last little bit of fire in my forest and everything is completely dark now. I am a little scared, because there are ghosts here, and my frightening gentlemen, and just silhouettes in the shadows of you, my listeners. And in the darkness, it is all overwhelmingly terrifying. But so am I. This is how one prepares to prepare for a festival for the dead. This is how one prepares to invite ghosts into one's forest. By first approaching the idea, as best as one can, of accepting and understanding the ghosts that are already there. Once upon a time, there was a girl in a red cloak going through the woods from her mommy and daddy's house all the way to her granny's house, by following a sturdy and sure path. They all told her not to talk to strangers and not to stray from that path. A charming wolf came her way and told her to take the lovelier path, the one with flowers and sunlight and more to see and better company. She was about to say, No, thank you. 
but instead, she saw a third path, almost invisible. In fact, she was the only one who could see it. There it was, in the grass. And it went through treacherous forests and across raging rivers and through mountains and desert and, worst of all, cities. So she turned, and she went that way instead. The end. Good night, my friends. Thank you for listening. I needed to spend time with myself tonight, and I thank you for being there with me. Even if I have no story, even if I have no wisdom, it is a blessing that we can face the things we fear most, together, yet not, and breathe them in deeply, and by breathing them in deeply, we can breathe them out deeply, too. Sweet dreams. Happy New Moon. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for joining me for episode 164 of On a Dark Cold Night. This is Kristen Zaza, your host, writer, composer, podcaster, performer, etc., etc. How are you tonight? Are you feeling this card with me? It has been a bit of a time of fear and anxiety and an unwillingness to ground myself in my own guidance, my own instinct. I have been avoiding silence and peace, which is what I do when I've got a lot going on. And when I avoid silence and peace, it gets a little harder to write stories. At least stories I consider a little more conventional. But I hope you don't mind this one, my friends. I'd like to give a big thank you to each and every one of my patrons on Patreon.com. Thank you for your consistent support and encouragement, my kind friends. If you'd like to support the show too, I'll tell you about the different perks you can expect. For $1 a month, you can access and download my complete soundtrack for the podcast, which is updated every week. And for $5 or more a month, you get that as well as access to a monthly video tarot reading I do exclusively for patrons of that amount. Bear in mind those are US dollars, so if you're elsewhere like me, those prices might be slightly different. You can learn more at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. If you'd prefer to donate one time without either perks, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And I also have wearable merch available at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. A great free way to support the show is to leave a rating and a review for us on iTunes. I would be extremely grateful if you did. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at darkcoldnightpodcast or my Facebook or YouTube page is just called On a Dark Cold Night. And I recently also got TikTok, where I've been doing some things related to On a Dark Cold Night, but also some more Kristen-y things. 
You can follow me there at Kristen Zaza, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-Z-A-Z-A, all one word. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your support. I wish you a wonderful rest tonight and very pleasant dreams. Until next time. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.